Today's episode is brought to you by Mission Year, not your everyday mission trip. And you don't have to learn a new language to participate because it all happens right here. As an organization, they root themselves in the neighborhood. You can come and be a part of the local community, worship, and serve alongside their neighbors. Live into being advocates for solidarity and justice. With Mission Year, your work will be to fall in love with Jesus and the city, to live and grow into your gifts and purpose, to build beloved community across all dividing lines, and to advocate for justice in your neighborhood and world. Find out more and sign up online at missionyear.org slash program. That's missionyear.org slash program. You are listening to Lord Have Mercy, a podcast about God, sex, and the Bible. I'm your host, Crystal Chico. Kevin Garcia is a digital pastor, a content creator, and self-identifying hot mess. Working at the intersections of queerness, sexuality, Christian faith, gender, and justice, Kevin creates videos, blogs, and podcasts that reflect the queer Christian experience. And today, for Valentine's Day, I wanted to do something special. Valentine's Day can often make you feel that breeze of loneliness. You may feel content in your singleness or your relationship every other day, but the moment Valentine's Day comes around, that explosion of artificial pink hearts and candy can make you question everything. And suddenly, you're super duper insecure. Well, I say knock it off, and here's how. Kevin Garcia is here to help us snap back to reality. Remember, you are enough, and here's how you know. Let's talk to Kevin. I'm just curious about, in your words, how a Southern boy like you finds yourself in seminary. Like, what are you doing? With all the support <laughs> in that, in that You're phrasing, right. what are you doing? What am I doing? That is a great question. So I knew, I've known from when I was really young that I actually wanted to go into ministry. Like, I grew up in church, right? Like we all did. Yeah. Uh, but at nine years old, I was pretty sure that I wanted to be a pastor, which is like so strange, or at least some form of preacher, because my uncle was the preacher, and I just I met Jesus when I met. What does it mean to meet Jesus, right? But I was like, I met Jesus when I was nine years old, because that is when I got baptized, um, which is really interesting in hindsight. Like, what is it? Like all the symbolism of the Christian faith, I always like go back to. It's like, what is this? What does it really mean then? What does it mean now? Yeah. Um, but at the time, like, it was just like, I want to follow Jesus. That was my thing. I knew Jesus was real. I knew Jesus loved me. That's what I signed up for. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, fast forward, I discover my queerness and I'm like, oh, that disqualifies me from doing that, doesn't it? <laughs> so I just put that all in the background. And then over time, um, after coming out, I just kept finding myself in these positions of like providing pastoral care for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that looks like is based, a lot of it is just like listening to people, uh, validating people's stories, helping them uh, like sort through some of their experiences, um, hold space. And so everyone, uh, the Twitter, the Twitterverse sometimes calls me Rev Kev. Yeah. So I was like, you know, like I know that like, I know that in some ways like that, that is pastoring. It's yeah. providing space for people and listening to people and like also like working to make things better. So I, uh, and I, I recognize a couple of things. A, I know a lot 
about things because like to be a queer Christian, like you kind of have to do that whole honorary PhD work level to like, yeah, through your own <laughs> new hermeneutical understanding of things. And then I, um, and then I just realized there was so much that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, and I wanted to know the gaps in my knowledge. I wanted to, uh, as Mickey Scott by Jones puts it, like examine what I think I know. Mm-hmm. And I put my, so really like, it was because of coming to seminary that I really started asking the question, not just what do I believe, but why do I believe what I do? And I, that's always been like something that's played up in my mind. It's like, why do I believe what I do? Why do we believe yeah. all of this stuff? And so I, I wanted to come to seminary to find that out. And I knew coming to this particular one, because it is a smaller seminary, it's not like a big old Ivy League or like Harvard or Princeton. Um, I knew that I would have like, the smaller class sizes that I, I wanted. And I would also have a staff that was world-class. Okay. So for, for me, I found my, the reason I found myself in seminary is because like I wanted an education. Like this is something like my faith is something that is really important to me. And so I thankfully had the time and space to, to do it. Cause I'm still, I guess rel- I'm relatively young still. And I uh, didn't have a, don't have a partner right now. And so it was like, you know, like, I'm going to go do this thing because I honestly I feel called to preach and to teach and to help people have a better experience of, of the church and of faith. Hmm. And there was kind of a, like me and my friend were joking around, like we're like, we're both here to help the church die. Well, yeah. <laughs> cause like there are days where I'm just like, this is a sinking ship. It's not going to be able to turn around. <laughs> I'm not going to save it. But there's this part of me that's just like, you know what, like maybe like death and resurrection is what the church really needs right now. Ooh. Maybe there is like like what what needs to die, you know, what systems that have been super deeply entrenched within church systems from the inception of the church, like what needs to die in order to raise justice to life? What needs to die in order to raise fullness of being to life? Um, to where we can like live into that picture of revelation of all tongues, tribes, and nations. And, uh, so that's kind of how I found myself here. It's just like, there's this longing for knowledge and, um, I, I, it sent me blown into like a faith. I, you know, you kind of, you, you pull back the curtain of, of the church and you see that it's not God, but like a white man pulling the strings. Yeah. And then, um, and then you ask, well, where's God? And then you kind of have to go out into the wild and find God. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm so, I mean, I'm almost brought to tears listening to you talk about it because I'm just, you see like the, the Kevin Garcia that is bubbly and pop and, um, (laughs) you know, transient, like in like the, the identities that you play and, you know, even like the, the gender bending that you do a little bit through social media, Mm. you know, I'm just used to that so much that like listening to, you talk in like this really earnest, sober way, just like, I'm like, oh my God, yes, of course, of course. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, and actually I connect with that, that, that feeling of just like finally sitting down and being like, okay, what is the thing? This is the thing. I need to figure it the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was, you know, one of those moments for me with this, with this app, which was like for a long time, I had been pursuing this, I don't know if I want to be known as a queer Christian out there. I think I just want to do my own thing and constantly finding myself in these 
conversations online and writing things and then the podcast mm -hmm. and whatever. And it was like, well, this is what I am. I should stop being so embarrassed and running away from it and just own the shit out of it, you know? Yeah. And that's what you're doing. You're just like owning it. <laughs> so that's exciting. it. And it's so seriously like that's the secret. It's like whatever you're going to be, be it well. And I don't know what it means to be a Christian sometimes. Like, because yeah. like I, I often like there was a while like during this whole crisis of faith thing where I was like, what well, the question was like, what does it even mean to be a Christian? And yeah. I really wrestled with that question of, does it mean that I have to affirm a set of creeds or a set of doctrines? Because like every time I run into a creed, I just see it like it just becomes something small in yeah. comparison to the bigness, the big God, the divine, whatever we want to call it, but just like this like. For me, like God has become so much less about um, a set of creeds. Like everyone, like even like the most progressive people, I won't say that. Uh, many progressive people still kind of come back to the the Apostles' Creed, and like kind of like land like this is like no matter what, this is kind of what we believe is sort of like the tones of faith. And I'm over here, I'm just like, hey, <laughs> that's seriously my feel is like. I like so like if they repeat the creed in church like I just I can't do it I haven't repeated the creed in church in so long because I'm just like we say that we believe I'm just like oh, okay yeah it's, I don't know it's like I it's I was telling somebody this just like I don't know if I believe in like a literal resurrection right which is like people like will like want to burn me at the stake when I say that that I don't know if I believe in a literal resurrection okay because like the fact is I can't know. I cannot know if the resurrection literally happened. None of us can. Mm. But I want to live like I believe. Mm. You know? It's like... Choosing. Like, we all make that choice. Yeah. Yes. And so it's like one of these things where just like, does it matter if I fully like believe? Like what, what does it mean? Like if, if... What is it... What good does it do you like if you believe the resurrection literally happened if you live like it never did? Yeah. And I look at, like, so many, like, GOP, you know, stands and all these, like, folks who voted for Trump, like, all the evangelical Christians in the world who tell me that I can't be Christian. And I'm like, you, you, don't, you don't look like resurrection. You don't yeah. look like, like you've see, you don't look like you have gone to the tomb and seen <laughs> nobody. Yeah. And there's just a big part of me that's like, I ran to the tomb. I saw that there was nobody there. And I'm just like, I still don't know what happened. Yeah. But let me tell you what, I'm open to the mystery. Yeah. But I like what you said about like belief and faith, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what the Bible said. And the Bible says you only need to have a little bit of faith, just a little bit, a little Mustard bit. Seeds, baby. You don't have to have like giant, booming, crazy. Wow. I think I'm finally getting this for the first time. Mm. You're right. Like the unbelief is such a large part of our human experience. <laughs> Mm. you know seeing what is right like seeing our hands in front of us like seeing is part of our human experience and so the idea that we have to like completely forget seeing and just go by belief is is so inhuman that's so unlikely that yeah. we're ever gonna get there wow you're calling the shots you're just like this is what's real i love it i want to be part of your church when you get there <laughs> listen i'm I was thinking about this the other day, like people, like the question that goes around Sunday is like, you know what you want to do? Are you pursuing ordination? I'm like, sure, maybe. Like, I don't know. 
Because I, in my wildest dreams, what's so interesting too is that like I have wanted to talk on stages since I was like nine years old. Mm-hmm. And um, I've wanted to preach since I was really young and now it's just kind of coming into it. But there's a part of me that wonders, I'm just like, what does, I don't know if I'm going to be in a local church or if I'm going to be somebody who just speaks um, and, and writes and preaches from time to time. It's just, I'm, I'm very curious as to like what the future of um, the church is going to be. Like, is it still going to be like these individual congregations who are gathering together or are we moving towards like something beyond walls, something behind organizing around something, or are we like organizing it? Like I think like Brian McLaren said it in the great spiritual migration, like, uh, organizing, organized religion, organizing around the right things. Yeah. Like, are, are we going to start, you know, to let it, let the church evolve as it needs to evolve instead of trying to stifle it because we want to either hold on to something or we want to make it too progressive. Why can't it's just what what is it? What does it need to be? What does I it want to be? But I know that um, people in seminary like you and progressive ministers now and all of these like um what is it called uh liberation theologists Mm -hmm. everybody we're all even you know those of us who just kind of dabble and kind of just like are trying to figure it out everybody is coming if you are woke in the christian church which is what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. you are we are all facing these like large unanswerable questions (laughs) i mean and they just go on into oblivion and we're like, how, you know, if, if these rules that we grew up with are no longer true to our experience, you know, then like, what about this? What about that? I don't know. I don't know. But yet, mm-hmm. like the faith there is still so much stronger than mm-hmm. what I knew to be true when I was like at Andrews University, when I was at, you know, Blue Mountain Academy in high school. <laughs> That is the truest thing. It's that's the same thing for me. It's like I am more compelled by like the I'm more compelled by like the path of Christ and the teachings of Christ now on yeah. this side of a you know this side of an emotional or or spirit what is it crisis of faith is that what they call it Yeah, I'm I'm more sure of like the path of Jesus and like that I want that to be my life on this side of things than I ever was when I was um, just trying to live into what I thought a Christian was. Yeah. There's like this, there's this interesting difference between like just simply being and doing that I think it's such, it's the, it's like the work of Christian teaching at its core is just like you are beloved. doesn't matter what you do or don't do. doesn't matter who you are or who you're not. Both stops like you, here. Yeah. Yeah. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Period. And what I recognize is that a lot of people, I think when I grew up at least it was, you're a good Christian and because you're a good Christian, you do these things, you know? I do my quiet time and I go to church and I tithe regularly and I don't have sex outside of marriage and I don't do drugs. Um, and so it was all these like do's and don'ts, right? Um, and, you know, Jesus came, completed the law for us, like because we can never live up to it if we're going to go by like classic understanding of it. But what I think Jesus really set the tone for us is like, what does it look like to be a child of God? What does it look like to just rather than like working for redemption, salvation, we are saved by grace through faith. And so I really like in the past few years have honed in on this idea of like, what does by grace through faith look like? 
And what does it mean to like work from love, work from my uh, belovedness and my status, if you will, as a child of God? What does it look like to work from that instead of for that? What if I'm not trying to justify myself with my actions all the time? What if I just am who I am and let that be enough? Yeah, and like I guess this takes us right into your devotional, and I'm so excited that you were able to write something for us and, you know, debut it on Valentine's Day. Yay! (laughs) You are the love minister. Um, You write a lot about um, loving yourself, you know, truly loving yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I guess right off the bat, my first question about the devotional is when did you actually start to love yourself truly? This past year of my life, if I'm being honest. Um, and it came at a point where I, I was kind of just faced with my own humanity. Um, my father died about a year ago, um, close oh, to around this time. Yeah, um, and oh. I got really, really clear on a bunch of stuff. Um, I was in a relationship at the time that wasn't very healthy. Um, and I don't know, it was like after that, I just got this sense in me. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but not this. It's like, I, I know that I'm not thriving here and like, I don't know where I'm going to live, but I'm not going to live here. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who I'm going to date, but not this person. I don't know what my job is going to be, but not this job. And I was just like, I, I only have, what if I, my father died at age 59 from pancreatic cancer. And I think to myself, what if I only have 59 years on this planet? Yeah. Like, will I get to do the things I want to do? Like, what the hell do I even want to do? Who do I want to be? And so um, my father's passing was super duper hard, obviously. And I think the lesson I, I picked up from that was just like, you need to like, if you want to live an abundant life, you don't know how much time you have left. And yeah. just like, so like, why, like, why not start now? Why not start today? And so, um, I think that was the part where I really got clear about that. Um, ironically also, I started my yoga practice the day that my dad went into hospice care, which was about beginning of January of last year. And so I've been on my practice for a year. And I think the lessons of yoga, engaging my body and my emotions, um, I think going to therapy, Amen. You know, I think going to therapy has helped a lot um, with forgiving myself for the things that I think I've done or have done. Or, um, and then I think the other part is um, allowing, like, loving myself enough to go ask um, a psychiatrist about medication. That was another big part of my journey this past year was body, mind, and spirit. Full, full thing of just like, you know, I believing that I am worth the time the money and the energy to invest in these areas of my life. Um, and to just ask myself, what do I want? And they're like, what is going to lead me to life? And I think a lot of people have these scripts, especially like in relationships of like, this is how it works. And you need to hold on to love. And you need to fight for something no matter what, because that's what good Christian relationship does. Yeah. Um, and too many, too many of our friends have remained in like bad relationships um, or even bad marriages because of be, wanting to be a good Christian wife, yeah, quote unquote. So it was really it was last year. Um, I I kept hearing this 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 thought and this feeling of just like, you know, 
God loves, like, if God loves me no matter what, then just like, I, then I should try to love myself no matter what, you know? And it was, it was that, that verse that kept coming to me of just like, love your neighbor as yourself. And what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Like, what if you don't like yourself? Yeah. Then, then like, obviously you have some pre-work to do before you can love your neighbor. If you can't love your neighbor as yourself, then you, then you have some work to do. So I think one of the pieces that I really liked from day two was you decided to make, I mean, it's, it's a, a creative writing choice, wonder fully made, well, wonder fully made. Yes. <laughs> Why wonder? Fully made. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this I still get goosebumps when I think about that. Like, I don't know how I read it or heard it one day. I don't know remember what it but like I remember it stopped me in my tracks that I am wonder fully mm. made. So I think about uh this is where my brain goes all the time, is like I think about the entirety of the universe at times, which is like weird for some folks, but like I think about how in the beginning everything was just there, right? Scientists would say that like all the matter that ever was in the universe, all the energy was like in a part of a mass of infinite density and possibility. Like mm. everything that was there in the beginning was there when the big bang happened, or the big yeah. movement or God spoke, whatever we want to call it. Yeah. But it was all there in the beginning. And sometimes I still like to believe out of nothing came everything ex yeah. nilo, which is because I, mean, I don't understand how it all got here. It's not important to me. But when I think about how everything in the universe was always there and like there's things like gravity and atoms that make up our cells and that our cells figured out how to duplicate themselves to form a human body and how sometimes and how in my own brain, which is a collection of cells and chemicals and electrical impulses, and it's all somehow colored by a spirit and a personality and then all of that, this that was here was also there in the beginning. And that same stuff that was there at the beginning also made stars and universes, a galaxy and this planet and wow. sun. And I'm like, like if I am a part of that same creation, that is wild. That is wonder. And so I think about like when God, I sometimes think about it this way, like God in the very beginning was like trying to, I, this is again like mystic and like kind of like process theology in some way. Um, but I think about like, what if God was there thinking, I wonder what I could do with this. Let's just try, let's try and express myself through all of these different avenues, through you and through me and through this table. And then eventually through technology and nature and like God is trying to express God's self in the world through all of these different avenues. And so like when the psalmist says, um, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I, I, I just honed in on the word wonder, like. When I sit in awe and in wonder of the createdness of my body, like it works. Like I'm just thinking about touching my fingers and like it's working. Yeah. And and also like what a privilege and joy that is because I know that some people don't have the privilege of being able to use their body the ways that they would like to. Oh. And so, so yeah. for me, like when I say that I am wonderfully made or we are wonderfully made, I think it was like, the fact that we are here, like the fact that it's me and not somebody else is, a, is how many things since the beginning of time had to happen in the order they happened, in the order yeah. that my parents would get together at the time they did 
and the sperm that got to the egg first was me. Yeah. <laughs> billions and billions upon billions of things had to happen. That's wild. So I just, when I say that I'm wonderfully made, that's where I'm going. I'm just like, do you realize? Yeah. But I, I also really like that part of that wonder. Mm-hmm. because it's full of imagination. It's full of like all of these things that as you get older, like you have less and less time for. But yes. if you're going to engage the Bible, if you're going to believe in resurrection, if like all of these, all of these things that don't have a connect, you know, uh, for, uh, mm-hmm. for logic, you know, if you're going to, to do this faith thing, you have to submit to wonder. Yes. You have to submit, you know, and like, and there, and that is, is where you find that phenomena we call love. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I just want to read you a quote from your devotional. You say, we are God's wonder, fully made, intricately woven, each part of us known and planned by a God who loves and moves and breathes and has their being in our beautiful bodies. Mm. wonderful wonder fully made (laughs) i mean i love how you're constantly using um gender queer and female pronouns for god Mm -hmm. um which is something that we are starved for right starved for i mean i i think of all of the people that i've asked to write devotionals there are a handful of people who have Mm -hmm. decided to you know be that thoughtful with how they express God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I think you, 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 you do that with, you, you take a moment to care about body and mm-hmm. who we are and how we present ourselves. Too complex, much too complex, too complex, much too complex, too complex, too, too, too complex, too, 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 too complex. All right, we just have to take a quick break so that I can tell you about one of our sponsors. This week's episode is also brought to you by Quaker Speak. Quaker Speak is a weekly video series that features interviews with modern Quake day Quakers and seekers on a range of topics. They invite you to join them. They've created a playlist of videos they think progressive Christians might like. Visit them at quakerspeak.com slash ourbibleapp and subscribe to follow along. That's quakerspeak.com slash our bible app for more information and now we can get back to the show why did you want this to be your valentine's day address i mean valentine's day is obviously like the commercialized version is so full of like you know you gotta prove to your lover that you care (laughs) it's too gross it's like that was the thing that i was just like keep coming back i'm like why like I mean, I'm not in a, in, a, in a partnership. I'm not dating anyone right now. So it's like a little weird sometimes. And I feel a little, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm craving companionship like everybody else these Kevin, days, right? will you be my Valentine? I have to um, <laughs> Listen, on my way to Chicago, I'll pick you up. We'll go to that really great deep dish place. I love it. I'm in. Um, <laughs> Hashtag swoon. <laughs> yes! Um, but the reason I wanted to talk more about like self-love um, for like a Valentine's Day type devotional is that our first relationship is with ourself. Yeah. Like, and how we feel about ourselves, I honestly think completely informs how it's a weird thing. It's like, it's, it's this 
paradox of both and. It's like the way I feel about myself is how I, it's like, honestly, if I can be aware of how God feels about me at all times yeah. and live into that kind level of just, I love you because I love you because I love you. What if I said that same thing to myself? Like if God loves me that much, what if I said to myself, Kevin, I love you because I love you. Like, and not put any qualifiers on it, not trying to do anything different. I think that fulfills the part of the commandment to, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. It's, and it's, 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 it's from that. And it's only from that place of self love that I can give it to anybody else. So in, we don't, we don't talk about it a whole lot. The as yourself part. And I think that was something that, um, was important in, has been important in my becoming. I mean, if, if Valentine's day is just a day for us to work on ourselves on loving ourselves, I think our time would be, better spent um if i can read another piece of your 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 devotional you write um our i mean and okay so one of the things about valentine's day is like this hyper sexualized space that we're all supposed to be in you know and when you talk about sex you're talking about bodies you're talking about bodies that are supposed to be um uh, traditionally attractive. What is what is the phrase? Traditionally attractive. I don't know. Yes, yeah, you know, Western like attracted by Western beauty standards. Yeah, you know, and and so many of us aren't. And I think the thing that instantly attracted me to queerly beloved, you know, mm. was that all of your models uh, for your clothing clothing brand are not uh conventionally attractive (laughs) Mm. and i think one of the ones that is like most liked on your instagram is um this um black woman and she is i mean i think i can use this language she is like she's chunky she's round you Mm -hmm. know and she is just like standing in this power pose where it's like sassy but also just like not like um, caricaturely sassy of a black woman, but just like, this is, this is my body. This is who I am. And I believe that, that, you know, I am holy in this body. Like it gets me. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, okay. So many things are going on in my head right now. I want to read this piece, but I also want to ask you, you know, Mm. why you, why now, why this campaign? Why is it, why are you doing this? Why are you centering people who, um, who are just in bodies, you know, and why should we, why should we love these bodies according to Kevin Garcia? <laughs> mm. Let me read the quote. Let me read the quote. Sure. <laughs> um, okay. You say our frames were never hidden from God, which I mean, yes, that's right. Um, God plotted them. The things that make up the core of who we are, our sexualities and ability or disability level and our genders and proclivities toward art or music or sports or politics or organizing or creating, all of it was in the beginning. All of it was intentional. All of it was made with love. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, I was listening to an interview with, um, I can't remember, she wrote the book Shrill. Um, I don't know. Um, and I've also listened to a few conversations about Roxanne Gay, uh, Roxanne Gay's newest book about being fat. Um, uh, hunger. I read that yes. one. So good. Oh my gosh. So I've been just very aware. And like, I also am somebody who, I mean, I don't know a queer person who does not struggle with body issues in some way. Yeah. Um, I think, I, and I think maybe it's comes from 
a little bit of like just like Western culture, a lot of it from purity culture. Yeah. Um, and then add on top of that, like what the world or society would say about sex and the sex, the kind of sex we should be having, the kind of people we should be having sex with. Um, it got to this point where just like, I just hate, I, I hated my own body. Like we we're taught mm. to hate our own bodies. and want to change them. And like something that I learn that has been really empowering for me is like learning from my friends who identify as fat and mm. just like, like how much they love their body now. Yeah. <laughs> and I've even like, I've, I've, I have friends who are like super jacked and that like when they look at themselves in the mirror, they can only see what's wrong. Oof, yeah. And it, and it really hit me. I'm just like, Oh, if I don't love my body now for what it can do now and for all it might become, cause like I'm about to hit 30, my metabolism is slowing down. Like things are getting a little, like, you know, a little bit more soft and squishy than I wanted to. <laughs> but it's just like, if I don't love my body now, when will I love it? And then secondly, like the, like the courage for someone to say like, this is, and, and also the courage and also the prophetic word of this is my body. Mm. And to yes. say that, and to say that as like this proclamation was like, my body is a gift to myself. My body is like this gift that God gave me and I'm not going to spend my time and my life scorning it. Mm. So, so when I, well, the, the reason I, when I'm working like on creating uh, different kinds of people to like, to represent us like in our campaigns for like Queerly Beloved, when I am thinking about what kind of models I want to use or people like that, like I intentionally look for people of color. I look for people who kind of, you know, you're queer, great. Like I want, like, I want you to look queer. I want you to look visibly like, like I can tell that you are lesbian girl. <laughs> or, like, or I want to tell like, you know, like you are, I, I'm not looking cause like, I don't want to, I don't want to sell like, yes, selling t-shirts is like how I'm going to make money. And I want to do like, I want it to be a successful business, but overall, like when we started this thing with Queerly Beloved, it started off with just the idea of bad theology killing people. Yeah. And that's where it started. And then it grew into proclaiming things like I am the image of God. So when I'm looking at these things, I'm just like, I want like a Holy Ghost has been showing up in people that she's had no business showing up in since the beginning. Right. <laughs> so like, I'm just like, where, where do I see God and how many other people see that? Cause if you don't, if you live in the world, like most models are hot and white, right? Yeah. So, so what, what would it be to have a fat black woman as a model saying, I am the image of God? What would it look like for uh, a disabled person to be wearing uh, a shirt that said, uh, I am the image of God or, um, you know, you know, a, my friend who is a, a black male saying bad theology kills, like I want these messages, not just to be cute and kitschy, but like, I want these to be almost like spotlights in some ways for like these different kinds of people, different kinds of bodies, because I can't proclaim that God isn't everything if I don't try to represent that in what I do. I think that like you touching on like, um, it being a business is really important and maybe yeah. we can switch gears just a little bit to talk about capitalism. Mm. But I think what I enjoy about Queerly Beloved is that, yeah, I mean, being a um, t-shirt company with, you know, hats and hoodies and stuff like that, you, it can be, oh, these phrases are really cool and like spot on 
and trendy, um, but like what's underneath. And mm -hmm. you took it a step further. Like I saw the t-shirts, I saw the, the Kickstarter campaign. It was all just like so cool. <coughs> Excuse me. Saw you at, um, where were we? Uh, QCF. Queer Christian Fellowship Conference. And, but like seeing the, the, the people that you decided to model this clothing for you was like, oh yeah, and I, my mouth can cash this check. Like I'm going to back this up. And this mm -hmm. is a thing that I believe in. Just like seeing the, the depth to how much you meant those words on every single t-shirt. So fucking inspiring. Just like, thank you. You know, and like when it comes to capitalism, you actually talk about this in your devotional. You talk about um, how like it, this, it's this evil that we are all just like engulfed in, you know. And right now, even, you know, Christianity feels uh, transactional. You know, can you mm -hmm. tell me that? Tell me a bit more about that, like that good Christian that is like <laughs> everything, mm -hmm. everything has to be, you know, anyway, I'll let, I'll let you describe it. I just, I really love that part of your devotional. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's like, unless you, unless like you are somebody who like runs, because I grew up very middle upper class. Like I did not struggle until I was really on my own. And like, I, now I know what it is to live month to month, paycheck to paycheck, but we're on our way up. <laughs> um, but uh, something, it, it's, it was really like my friends within movement work who kind of like pointed out to me, it's like, oh, it's not just sexism, homophobia, transphobia, queerphobia, uh, racism, all those things. It's that and capitalism. And a lot of people are just like, oh, capitalism is a fine thing. It helps people build businesses. And like, and like, sure, maybe, but really like what it is, is like, how do we squeeze how do we how do we squeeze the biggest dollar out of the smallest rock you know yeah how do we squeeze the most water out of the smallest rocks or how, like you know how do we uh get cheap labor how do we get um and it's, and it's always usually for a person who's at the very top who wants to who wants control who wants things like you can just see it as a system as it develops since the beginning of time that it was always about it was all a pyramid scheme. Yeah. The person at the top is always going, is always getting the biggest slice of the pie. Yeah. Um, and what's so interesting too, if you look at it like anthropologically, like the development of religion over the world, like religion as it developed in the near East developed like a pyramid because it was the people's job to serve the gods, to feed the gods. Like that was why there were so many people working is because it's our job to feed the gods so they'll be happy with us so they don't do that. Yeah. And then our gods just transformed into CEOs. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And so it's all, it, since the beginning of time, it's always about been about production numbers. And also, like, what do I have to do to make sure that you're not angry with me, God? Even, like, the, the Mosaic law that came after um, the, the children of Israel, like, leaving Egypt, like, that was a step forward in like understanding the divine because like now for the first time, it wasn't like God's randomly angry at stuff. God is going to say, if you do X, Y, and Z, you can be on good terms with me. So it was like a step yeah. forward in like religious thought, but it still was transactional. So the revolutionary yep. thing that Jesus did was saying, there's no separation here. Like grace is free. Yeah. And that's what started turning things on their head. And, yeah. But because we, 
live in a capitalist world where like that is the thing like it seeps its way into our faith systems too it's like do i need like a lot of my growing up was just like did you have your quiet time did i tithe 10 percent this week am i going to the bible study did i did i or did i not think about masturbation yeah um, it's all these like do 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 be it's again it goes back to doing versus being you yeah. know and i i think there is a way to work, like I said earlier, like from love instead of for love, like Mm. understanding, like it is like, because I am love that I'm compelled to do justice, love mercy and walk humbly. Not I'm going to love justice, do mercy and walk humbly because I want God's love. It's like, I'm already there. Yeah. Even if I didn't do those things, like I'm, I'm loved. Yeah. So it's a big part of me. is like, it's like shifting from like from not for, and I really always try to just reorient myself. And like anytime like I catch myself doing too much, I ask myself, I'm like, who am I doing this for? What am I doing this for? And if it is because I think I need to be impressive, it is, if it's because, you know, if, am I tying my self-worth up in what I produce? Or am I doing it because I love it? And like to do something because you love it, really changes quality of life and how you approach things. Mm. And I think that you can, wherever you are in life, um, you can find something in your world. that's like, you know, I want to do this. Like, and it doesn't always mean that's going to be your job. You might hate your job, but there are things in life that we have to find that we do and involve ourselves with just because we love it because it brings us joy. And I don't think that joy is something capitalism is interested in joy. Like capitalism is not (laughs) interested in, me producing the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're not interested in that. They're interested in, will I clock in? Will I do my job so they can get their money? Yeah. And I am, I am interested in like, how do I get more joy? How do I get more love? That's what I want. I mean, I guess, uh, capitalism as a way to talk about like, one of my friends put it this way one time is that like we are all like if we were sitting in a room with like God, like the whole Trinity is at your place for movie night and you get on Netflix and you're pulling up like the deepest documentary and God's like, just like, let's just watch cartoons. It's like, <laughs> like we try to like, like, like what if we just like allowed ourselves to like not have to prove ourselves to God all the time. <laughs> like God is, not trying to see, like, not trying to, like, I don't know, pull a fast one on us. Like, yeah. God is content. To, God is content, just like a parent is, to watch cartoons with their kid to just sit with us, and just like we don't have to be deep. We can watch Steven Universe. And, well, Steven Universe is very deep. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where just like God is like so content with like, yes, God is wonder, the universe, all of creation, and. God is as simple as like a cup of coffee that's right in front of us and like savoring a moment of peace that you get from that first whiff to getting the caffeine in your bloodstream first thing in the morning. Like God is in much in that as God is in the stars Mm. and much as in the stars as God is in me. Um, if I'm having a really hard time finding love and acceptance this Valentine's day, Kevin Garcia, what is your suggestion? What should I do? Besides um, read your really awesome devotional that reminds oh us to God. love ourselves. If you are having trouble finding love, either from self or from others, 
in the world. Um, I would say there's, I mean, like on, on a practical level, I say, do something really nice for yourself. I know, treat like, yourself. Treat yourself. Let me tell you what, the, I, like when I tell self-love, I'm not just talking about just like, oh my gosh, I love myself. I'm just like, do something nice for yourself because you deserve it. Yeah. Like go like, what, like, do you want to go eat that food? What's that one thing you've been craving? Go do that. Yeah. Do, have you gotten a massage recently? There's somebody around town who would do it for like 20 bucks. I'm sure yeah. you want to get your nails did. You're worth it. And like, say that your budget is tight. I get it. Run your, like take time to run yourself a bath. Take time. Like, are you tired? Go take a nap. Yeah. Have you drank it? Or like, or even like other things like, have I drank enough water today? Like, and these like, this all sounds like, you know, practical self-care things. And I think that's honestly like my self-care practice is something that I hold, hold very tightly. And like, I hold it close to me because like, that is the thing that allows me to be like, sustain myself through my work is when I'm tired at the end of the day, even if not all the things are done, like I know when my brain is done, I'm just like, okay, we're done. Yeah. (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll come back at this tomorrow. I will do what I can. Yeah. And, and then on the flip side of that, I think there's also such power in, I think there's a, like, I think there's um, a reciprocal nature to love. And so if there is like a part of you that just like feels low and like you, like you're not connecting with love or you don't feel love, what would it look like for you to find somebody and do something randomly nice, like randomly good, or that one friend that you've like wanted to appreciate, like, what is it? What does it look like to try and give some love away? Because the most mm. loving people, the most people who are, are the happiest, are people who like are like heaping love on other people. Yeah. And like it might just be small things. It might like send, send your friend a, an encouraging DM. You know, uh, write 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 a, write a, write down what you're grateful for. Um, I think gratitude journals are like the key. Like are mm. so powerful. Like. I don't do it enough, but like anytime I know that like I am pissy and like the world's falling (laughs) apart, but like I'm pissed about no, no, like check. Um, (laughs) so I would say like step one, like do some nice things for yourself. Make sure you're practicing your self care. Call your friends. Yeah. What what would it look like to ask for help saying like, Hey, Valentine's day is hard for me because I feel sad because I'm, you can say it from like, I'm sad because I'm single. Or I'm sad because my partner and I just broke up. Or I'm sad because whatever. Yeah. It's like, what would it look like to just tell your friends, like, hey, I'm lonely. Could we hang out? Could we grab coffee? Could we catch up? Can I share my burden with you? One of my self-care things that I know that I have been doing is um, giving myself props where props are due. Because Mm. as, like, you know, uh, an entrepreneur, I'm my own boss. So if things don't get done, it's my own damn fault. Mm-hmm. But I, I have this, this, this constant voice going on in my head. That's like, you should be here by now. You should be doing this. You've been sick for two weeks. You really need to get to the office like right now. And like today was the first time that I made it to the gym <laughs> mm-hmm. and today was, and you know, and like I go to the gym and first thing, and then I come back and, you know, it's showering while also like trying not to be so sick anymore. And I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. Mm. And like when I finally got dressed, you know, Mm -hmm. and I got my bag in my hand and it's time to leave. I was just I was I was I was sweating because I was just like, got to go, got to get to the desk, got to do the thing. Mm. And then I realized that I wasn't happy. Like I didn't want 
I didn't want to do the thing because like I had pushed myself all the way to this point and now I wasn't happy anymore. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I really need to celebrate getting to this part of my, in my day. Like yeah. it's right. I need to celebrate this part in my day. Like I made it all of the other steps. And so I made myself a cup of coffee and I just sat in my house for like 20 minutes and gathered myself and like mm-hmm. had a little party and then I went to work and like that, that, that moment of like self-appreciation of giving myself that, like that gift of, of time, mm. you know, has, has like embodied the rest of my day with mirth, with, you know, some kind of, you know, liquid joy. It's like, it's there. Mm. And so like what you're saying is like, you can't, the self-talk thing is such an important thing, you know, how, mm-hmm. how you treat yourself um, and give yourself permission you know, to enjoy the time, enjoy yourself, enjoy your company. Happy Valentine's Day or like Oprah likes to say, vagina day. (laughs) Yeah, the queen. She also, something she says, like every single like Oprah Super Soul session, I think the greatest gift that we can give ourselves is time, time to reflect, time to look over our life. And I'm like, that is so true. Like, Like, exactly like you said, if you can take the time to celebrate those small victories, even if it's just that one thing that you were able to get done. Yeah. Like, and for some people, especially if like you're struggling with like mental health stuff. Yeah. Like, man, it like for for a while now, my victory was I got out of bed. Yeah. I, sh- I showered today, and like those small victories add up until you can do the bigger thing. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. There there are moments like when we're like adults. Again, because capitalism, we have to buckle down and, like, be adults and, like, pay our bills and shit like that. Yeah. But, man, like, my my mindset coming into the second semester of graduate school along with my work has been, I get to do this. Yeah. Like, there – and that there is, like, um, a big practice of gratitude that even in the moments where I'm just, like, I don't want to write this paper. But, like, I think there, there can be a, a mindset of not of, like – I have to go to work. And sometimes because capitalism, you have to go to work. But also like you flip that on its head and you get to go to work because you do have a job in this economy and you do have a body that is able, like that allows you to perform uh, what would be considered normal activities. You know, like my knees are crackly, but man, I can walk. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think, Love and gratitude. There's something there. There is something there. And, like, don't wait till you've lost it to appreciate it. Like, I really, really miss smell. Like, I've had this sinus infection, and I can't smell. I can't smell, and I mostly can't taste. But, like, you motherfuckers out there better thank God for smell (laughs) and taste. Because it's so important until you don't have it. Kevin, I think everybody who listens to this podcast knows exactly who you are, but mm. where can our friends find you? And yeah, um, You can find me uh, online at my website, thekevingarcia.com. That's T-H-E-KevinGarcia.com. You can sign up for my mailing list. And I've got a, a new ebook I just put out called Forever and Yesterday. And it's a collection of like essays on sex and spirituality and a couple other random things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a really fun little collection. I'm really proud of it. Um, and then you can find me on social media at the Kevin Garcia, and you can find Queerly Beloved Tees, my T-shirt line at www.queerlybeloved.shop. That's S H O P. Can we order shirts and things like right now? And so by the time you hear this, 
the store will be live. We've got some new designs coming in. Um, it's going to be baller. Y'all head on over there and check out some of these shirts. And and I heard you have like dad hats and things coming in. Yes. We so just, excited. Um, so like right now we're, we've just finished up our Kickstarter, which was funded 325%, which is crazy. Yeah. And now we've got, um, we've got dad hats. We've got um, enamel pins. We've got uh, stickers, um, t-shirts, crew neck sweaters, hoodies. Um, and then hopefully um, right now we're working on, our summer line, which we're going to launch probably in April, which is going to be t-shirts and tank tops and, um, and fanny packs even. What? Oh <laughs> yeah. We're going in. It's going to be super cute. I'm excited. Thank you so much for being here on my podcast today. Thank you for, ha- I really, really enjoyed talking. And I'm also glad that we're like, we're now like real life friends because yeah. <laughs> you're such a delightful person. So thank Thanks. you for your time. You too. And thank you for having me. Lord Have Mercy is also sponsored by The Amazing Adventures of the Afterbirth of Jesus, the untold story by Peterson Toscano and illustrated by Joey Hartman Down. Bizarre, original, and surprisingly moving, Bible scholar and performance artist Peterson Toscano and artist Joey Hartman Dow share the untold story of Hagar, the Holy Placenta. Weaving in Bible scholarship with contemporary issues, The Amazing Adventures of the Afterbirth of Jesus offers an absurd yet profound meditation on power, privilege, family, humanity, unity, and divinity. Get this book and more at themeetinghouse.xyz. Again, you can get it at meetinghouse.xyz. And that's the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, To anyone having difficulty listening to last week's episode, I just want you to know that I fixed the issue and you should be able to tune in. Again, I apologize for that. Um, One last thing about our Bible app before you go. For Black History Month, we've invited guest author Nikki Scott Bay Jones to write a series. Find her devotional, Come Have Breakfast, Healing from Burnout, and also Loving Yourself in the app. Wednesday, February 27th, we will have a fireside chat with her, and I hope you'll join in too. Again, I'm Crystal Cheatham, and you can find me everywhere as Crystal Cheatham or The Cheat if you're serious about Instagram. Okay, bye!